Welcome everyone at the Science Society and of course a special welcome to you, uh, Dr. Yu Fukusawa and um, Dr. Fukusawa, he's at uh, Tohoku University um, at the School of Agricultural Science in the faculty, he's in the Faculty of Agriculture and um, he did his uh, PhD at um, Kyoto University in um, agriculture and um, he does really interesting work um, in studying the effects of forest dieback and on decomposition of that wood and um, then also he does the research part we will focus on today is about intelligence of fungi <laughs> and um, which is really really exciting and interesting and kind of like we are diving into an alien world that is right here on earth so um, before we start uh, Victoria would you like to go ahead and, and do the pre-interview thank you Absolutely. Thank you, Katarina. I'm here and I'm ready. And we're so happy, Dr. Fukasawa, to welcome you to Science Society. Thank In you. order to um, get a bit more information about you, just learn a bit about who you are so we can know before we dive into your research, if you can think back during your life to a yep. time when you felt that spark of affinity towards science. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, anywhere. Thank you. Um, I'm living in uh, northeastern north part of Japan, which is called Tohoku. This is because the name of my university is Tohoku University. Uh, Tohoku area is not the center of Japan, so it's famous for its beautiful nature and traditional culture and also uh, hot springs so if we go into the mountains in Tohoku area you can find many hot springs and sometimes you you may find uh, hot streams that means some st natural streams its water temperature is very high and sometimes very good for taking foot bath and if you if you like you can dig the hole in the stream and so you can enjoy full full body bath if you like <laughs> that is amazing taking bath in the completely nature um, in the experiment which we are mentioning today about mushroom electrical activity of mushrooms we went into mountains and found some mass of mushrooms the name of mushroom is lacaria bicara which is a group of ectomycorrhizal mushrooms which is making close symbiote symbiosis with tree roots and after finding the mass of mushrooms, uh, to be honest, we found six mushrooms floating on the ground. Uh, 
we put electrodes on each of the mushrooms and measured electrical activities. Uh, uh, at the beginning of the measuring, we didn't detect any activities, electrical activities, probably because of the uh, drought for about two, two weeks beforehand. But after the after after starting, we've got a rain uh, due to typhoon approaching, and that rain activated electrical electrical activity of mushrooms. That is very nice. And after we analyze the pattern of electrical activities of the six mushrooms, we statistically detected that there, there may some uh, signal transfer, electrical signal transfer across mushrooms and potential with potential directionality. Um, this is part of my research about fungal, fungal ecology, but but I'm also working on uh, intelligence of mushrooms, intelligence of high far growth of the mushroom of the mushrooms, as Katarina kindly introduced me about me. That experiment is also very interesting, and uh, by observing behavior of mycelial growth, we can detect uh, that mycelial body have memory and decision-making abilities because of the environmental change. Uh, this is a very brief overview of my research about fungal intelligence, about electrical activities in in forest. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, thank you so much for <clears throat> for this brief um, overview um, of your really interesting research. So um, if you if you're okay, we'll just continue with uh, with questions about this, and then um, yes. yeah, perfect. So um, you you describe also in the figure um, how you basically um, connected these electrodes to the different fungi, which yeah. is. That is really interesting. Would you say um, that it's like, are these currents similar to like action potentials you would see in neurons? And do mm -hmm. you know how these electric signals get propagated and how yeah. far? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you could describe more about these signals, thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy that you feel that this this pattern is like action potential in neuron you are uh, i know that you are a specialist of neuroscience so did you really feel that this pattern is like action potential in neuron 
Um, I'm not. I I I don't know one hundred percent. The thing is, I read also a paper from a previous, like a, a paper from another, from nineteen ninety five. I don't know okay. if you know this paper. Action potential like activity found in fungi mycelia insensitive mm -hmm. to stimulation, <clears throat> and when I looked there. It looked so similar and mm -hmm. I didn't realize I never before reading your work I didn't um, you know then I started reading more and you know comparing this it looks very similar no don't mm. would you say yeah yeah uh, to be honest the origin of electrical activity in my case is unknown because we we just put electrodes onto the top and the bottom of the mushroom, and this size scale is very large compared to the compared to cell. So we are not measuring membrane potential, just uh, uh, electrical activity of the mushroom. So I'm I'm not sure about the origin of the of the electrical activity of the mushrooms in this case. Probably mushrooms membrane potential is one one reason, but we can also predict some other other mechanism of the electrical activities. Okay, so yeah, so you would say it's a very different mechanism that what was published before by Olsen and Hansen, <clears throat> the mechanism. Would you say it's more similar to, I don't know if you read this, um, this paper that came out relatively recently about these sounds that um, plants make when they, they are uh, when it's too dry, when they don't have enough water, these popping sounds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Would you say that it's closer to a mechanism that was reported there, or kind of a mix of the two? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm not sure about the mechanism of plants making uh, electrical activities and sounds, but. Uh, I, I know the research by Andrew Adamatsky in the UK, who is also measuring mushrooms electrical activities by using electrodes. And some interesting research by, by him is conduct, conducting lang linguistic analysis of the uh, electrical activities of the mushrooms and he he reported that mushrooms electrical potential is like uh, language and after linguistic analysis he described uh, 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 characteristics of that lang that language uh, he reported that the uh, lengths of words are between English and Russian language. <laughs> that's 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 funny and interesting, but 
it's a it it is just a analysis of pattern treating mushrooms electrical activity as language as kind of language but we still don't know if the that pattern has uh, information or some functions on fungal activities or ecology so our next goal is to detect information or some uh, some function in electrical activities in mushrooms yeah uh, for example if the if mushroom transfer electrical activities as signal and include information probably uh, after after grazed by some insects then probably uh, connected mushrooms can also prepare for grazing beforehand they they really grazed by the insects that kind of information and function could be expected in this kind of signal transfer yeah why do you think that the signal is the strongest after rainfall is it just because there's more availability of whatever is necessary to um to perform these um these patterns of electricity or do you think um yeah or do you think it is related to the function of when it's more humid that they have to you know perform some some other function mm. yeah i i think that the rain and water activated cell activity of the mushrooms because before our measurement there we we didn't have rain for almost two weeks so the soils are dry out and mushrooms are also dry out so in that period mushroom cell is in the mode of sleep so after absorbing water the cell was activated again and that makes electrical potential activated after the rain yeah yeah and then one thing that came to my mind if you're planning on doing or maybe you did already an experiment because mm -hmm. the previous nature paper you suggest that the fungi could remember mm -hmm. its growth direction and oh, yes. make decisions where to uh, allocate resources mm -hmm. do you did you measure those electric pulses while like before while mm. relocating resources and after like do they change are there maybe patterns to those different states on decision making and the outcome yeah that's so interesting point and what that is that experiment is what we are now conducting our pre preliminary data show that there's some uh, activation of electrical activities on the on the location of new bait after uh, after finding that bait but i'm not sure about the direction so 
yeah, I'm, I'm expecting the memory caused by electrical activities on across my serial body. So I'm trying to detect that now. And do you, do you know the paper by uh, Hanson in, I think it's on the 1980s, and he detected uh, activated frequency, incre increase of frequency of action potentials after, after baiting on the mycelium. That experiment is also very interesting. If we if we put bait on the mycelium, the electrical electrical action action potential of the frequency of electrical action potential increase greatly. But after after he removed the bait, the frequency decreased again. So the frequency of action potential can uh, affected by the by the bait. Yeah, um, yeah, I read um, briefly the papers, and I thought it was so interesting, and I was so upset that I didn't know about this work before because I for sure would have chosen to do electrophysiology on fungi yeah. <laughs> back in time. Yeah. That's so interesting. <laughs> because he uses the exact same um, amplifiers and everything I started using. Mm. When I, so, um, and it it really looks so similar that the action potentials. It's it's very impressive the work that they did back then. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's, um, it's really interesting. So. Yeah, that's what I thought based on their work. Um, probably you would expect that. So do you think you can predict that for all kinds of fungi? Or do you think there are fungi types that, um, I mm. don't know, could perform this and then others maybe not? Um, yeah, yeah, on... that's a, yeah, that's also an interesting question. Uh, our recent paper, I, I published two papers this year. One is the uh, this Lacaria bicara mushroom, but another one is about neuro new oh sorry, Aspergillus nitrans that which is kind of moles. We also measured uh, calcium ion concentration of the of the mycelium for that mode. And in that paper, we concluded that that fungus never transfer information or, or electrical activities across across mycelial body because response, response of calcium ion concentration due to the injury on the mycelial body uh, remain at the at the part of the injured but not transferred to other part of the mycelium so so yes we expect that there's some difference in 
signal transfer across micellar body among fungal species. Yes. That's really interesting. And because I think the more we learn about these different species, also, for example, octopus, um, the more we learn about different forms of intelligence and information mm. processing. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that this is kind of, you know, fungi, it's kind of one of the first intelligence-like decision-making network mm. processing um, that that existed in evolution, maybe? I don't know, but um, it seems to be and then it seems to be that also always calcium is involved. So mm -hmm. um, yes. that is also really interesting to me. Why, why calcium always in these different mm. systems? So do you observe, like, what do you think about, you know, the implications of our knowledge and evolution and intelligence and, 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 why is calcium so good at this? Yeah, I don't know. Question. I know it's a very general question. But... Yeah. yeah, that's a big question. I have, I, have, I have no answer currently for that question. But yeah, uh, intelligence is... I, I, I think that intelligence is generally... We... we Organisms have their own intelligence in some, in some, uh, in some figure or some state. Of course, we human and brained animals have have very uh, complicated, not complicated, high high level of intelligence but even without brains and central nervous system fungi and slime molds and some other single cell organisms can also act uh, act smart against environmental change so i ob obviously there's single cell intelligence ubiquitous for the in the among organisms hmm. I'm, I'm curious I, I'm always interested in in origins and um, early forms of intelligence um, yeah. and, and of course how it relates to calcium the number mm -hmm. of conjectures there but What's so interesting about, um, you know, just looking at figure two, the, figure they're, two. Re they're responding to hydration, you know, the rain's coming, mm -hmm. but they all respond so differently. You know, some wake up early, um, they, did, they tend to be active during the heavy mm -hmm. rains, but even when the rain goes away, some, you know, maintain certain high levels of activity and others, yeah, others yeah. die off. It's so curious to, you know, try to imagine what they're saying to each other. Um, I mean, do you, could you comment on that? They, they, that such an, um, at least within this sample, such individual 
characteristic responses mm. to essentially the same stimulus. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the rain, there's so fluctuation and difference about action potential and electrical potential across mushrooms. I, th I think this is because a heat and miss of raindrops across individual mycelium, individual mushrooms. But after, after the rain, yeah, as you said, there's some difference between mushrooms as electrical potentials. Some, some mushroom kept high level of electrical activity, but others go down near, near to zero. I'm not sure sure about the difference. Yeah. I'm not sure about the reason of the difference between mushrooms. I mean, do you see that in in other experiments where there there's apparently this individual character to to mushrooms that mm. you know, or yeah. the population average doesn't, you know, really have a meaningful center, that there's this mm -hmm. diversity. In the, yeah, that, that's in the interesting. That's interesting. And our our next experiment is covering more wide area of forest, uh, and detecting many more mushrooms. Inclu probably including some of the mushrooms are in same colony. I mean, same same individual, but others belongs to other other colony other individual so we expect that we expect that electrical signal transfer occur within within the colony but not to the other colonies or something like that and and of course within species but not across across species different species so we are now analyzing the data so hopefully detecting some interesting patterns across mushroom species and individuals. Um, hi, Michael, how are you? Did you want to ask a question, join the conversation? Oh, um, yeah, I did because I've actually, so I work in, um, in agrotech, but um, mushrooms, I'm not an expert on. Um, I know there have been studies um, that show that um, they can transmit electrical signals. And so I was just kind of listening to wait for the right time to ask a question that I wanted to come up with, but um, I, I'll just be quiet until it comes up. Sorry. But it's actually, it's, it's actually exciting. I love it. Yep. There's so much. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. That, so many great things. Because that's I wanted to ask that later on, but now that you're here, we can ask it now. Do you think that there are applications for agriculture tech? Like, because um, fungi are very important. Um, I are very important for basically the soil health uh, for agriculture. Um, so would there be maybe a sensor we could develop to measure? You know, we could measure these these electrical signals, and if they die out, people have to start uh, giving the soil water. 
and then we could basically use this information to not you know to be more conscious about water use we would only water the soil once the mushrooms start having way too weak signals do you think there could be something uh people could develop to to basically save water I don't know what the market for mushrooms is personally. Um, but yeah, so mushrooms need, from what I know is they need a lot of moisture. Um, there's different kinds of mushrooms that grow in different, you know, areas. So, but can you measure the soil? Yeah, we do that now in agriculture. So we can um, analyze soil. We can use spectral imaging with drones to look at soil and determine if it's if it's dry, if there's pests in there, what kind of pests, um, what are your crops doing? So that's how kind of agritech works is with organic, it's traditional farming where we use organic, um, organic products, not chemicals, right. To do the same things the pesticides will do. They don't poison the soil. They don't poison the, um, the crops. You don't eat them at the end of the day because some chemicals actually go into the crops and stay in there like they get sucked into the crops and then you eat them so yeah i mean there's there's so many things coming along right now and yeah it i mean that's that's definitely possible uh, i'm not an expert i know very little about mushrooms i know about them honestly i got into them because my son started growing them to deal with um his adhd and his anxiety and I kind of let him do his own thing. So he actually taught me a lot, which is ironic. And, uh, but yeah, I'm not an expert on that. I know a little bit about it, um, but yeah, I do work in agritech. So this is actually really interesting. Um, but I do know that there have been studies on that. Um, and then in plants as well, plants do communicate. So. Yeah, that's why we have our expert here. Uh, you, Dr. Fukasawa, he, he is the the professor that published this work. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if you realized. So, uh, do you have uh, something? What do you think about that to use that knowledge basically of this fungi communication as a, um, you know, as an insight in how healthy the soil is that we use in agriculture? Um, I guess that's no, kind of a broad I'm, I'm question. I'm asking Dr. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we can use that knowledge about fungi and maybe develop a sensor that oh, kind yeah, of indicates the health of the soil if the fungi are healthy and communicating? Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. And also, uh, and also some some group of fungi make very long and strong cord which is a parallel thick mycelium that is very efficient for trans transporting not only electrical signals but also water and nutrients and some mushroom species make massive very large colonies which is over uh, hundreds hundreds of hectares so 
So I want to know if the electrical signal and information can transfer across that big mycelium or or they can transfer water and nutrients across forest. So if, if they transfer water across long way along their mycelial body, they can improve water water condition in the in dry land from uh, moving water from uh, wet land. So on, only detecting, only only using mycelium as sense some kinds of sensor, but we also we we may be able to use mycelium to improve soil condition. That yeah, I, I think that's a very interesting idea. But we still don't know how much water and nutrients moving across mycelium and how far. So we, so yeah, we have to detect those kind of things in the future. Yeah, that's interesting um, because we had the speaker here a few weeks ago and then another one last year um, that looked at the, basically at the microbiome of different soils and before and after drought and the other I guess, speaker um, was talking about after this very severe fires, uh, forest mm -hmm. fires. And, you know, they show that this microbiome system changes and that it can happen that carbon capture, like the organisms that perform carbon capture decrease after for example droughts and then it's one it's mm. bad for our calculations how much carbon capture actually soil can can perform for us for climate but also for resilience of the soil and of a forest and to bounce back so i think uh, fungi would play a very important role in that so it's really, I think that's why your research is also very interesting um, in basically studying their function, how they transport um, nutrients and information and uh, how their behavior changes based mm. on that. So we can learn how to help soil to bounce back, especially in the future with more climate change in yeah. south. Hmm. Yeah, uh, one of my research research topic is on wood decomposition by fungi, which is also very interesting. And I also worked for the effect of climate and environmental condition on wood decomposition, uh, fungal community, fungal community change in that wood, and its and its effect on decomposition and carbon carbon accumulation after the decomposition uh, along that study what i found was that in more south ah, uh, there's two types of wood decomposition 
one is white rod and one is brown rod. Um, this is because of the difference of fungal community in dead wood and function of the wood decay. Uh, white rot means lignin, lignin component of wood was decayed, but brown rot means lignin remains. So probably carbon, con carbon amount after the after decomposition process is larger in brown rot process compared to white rot process. After uh, after detecting fungal community across latitudinal gradient in Japan and some European countries, we found that there's clear gradient from white rot to brown rot from north to south in Japan and also in Europe. So, oh, and also um, other, other research reported that increase of brown rot fungi after forest burning for forest fire also we we also found that forest disturbance event such as uh, uh, such as wind wind disturbance and pest also increase dominance of brown rot fungi in the forest. So my hypothesis is that after the forest disturbance, fire and pest and wind may increase the dominance of brown rot type of decay and which increase um, carbon storage in forest after the disturbance. Hey, Katerina, I have a question. Yeah, please go ahead. Are you talking about biochar? Uh, not only biochar, but brown rot type it, type of decay is caused by mushroom. Because some some species of mush some species of fungi decay cellulose and hemicellulose, but not lignin. And during that process of decay, lignin remains, and dead wood becomes more brown and brown after the decay process. That is not different from biochar. No, I think she was like, I think um, originally she was asked, I think what she was asking was about biochar. Mm -hmm. No, not to you, just like, in general, I think the person oh, she got so speaking was I don't know what the I, w I wasn't talking about biochar. I was just talking in general about different climate insults um, due to, you know, that become more severe due to climate change and how that changes the microbiome system in the soil. And yeah, how, you know, how that is true for the fungi too. That's interesting that this species uh, become more prevalent um, after different insults. Do you do you know the function that they t take? Is it is it kind of a positive function that they kind of 
re um help the 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 soil to and the forest to uh, recover or is it more like a negative feedback function that those type of fungi perform yeah uh based on my hypothesis i i i think that nature and forest ecosystem recover to to store more carbon after the disturbance yeah but that's my hypothesis yeah thank you that's interesting um that's interesting to hear and um coming oh kiko joined kiko did you have a question please go ahead yeah i feel like i may have missed the whole talk but uh I just wanted to know, uh, is this communication amongst fungi kind of like uh, allelopathy in plants? Uh, this is this is different. This is my research is different from uh, plant communication across plant individuals because uh, because my research is on mushrooms in same individual, so it's a signal transfer within within body. It's like within inside the body, because I I measured electrical potential of six mushroom, but all of the six mushrooms is within the same individual connected by the mycelium underground. So so more like a like a nervous system. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But I also expect that some communication across different individuals of mushrooms due to some chemicals like like plants. We we didn't we didn't get any evidence about that yet. So I I have a question on Katarina as a neuroscientist. Um, in in brain, there's the communication across new many many neurons, and which make which make consciousness in the in the in the brain. But in ecosystem, there's many interaction between organisms. Do you think that kind of organism interaction across organisms make some kind of consciousness in for example, forests. That's a very interesting question, and um, people have different theories of what is needed to create basically consciousness. Um, and I mean, one of the interesting hypotheses is that you need relatively high connectivity um, mm -hmm. to create basically conscious thoughts um that is one speculation there are other people that say that you have different levels kind of consciousness you know you have very simple forms and then um and then more and more complicated ones mm. um i think mike levin would be one of the people proposing that so um mm. <clears throat> i i'm not sure how connected so the this you know 
how tightly connected these systems are. It's an interesting question, though, um, about consciousness. And I always <laughs> flip back and forth what I think. I, th I think more that there are different forms of consciousness, that there are more simple forms or more complicated forms, depending on how many levels of input-output information have to be processed and, and how many levels um, yeah, of, of connectivity there are um, and how much is kind of automated response or how much is like a decision-making type of response. And I thought it was really interesting, this nature paper that you published where it's more decision-making of where to relocate resources. And that I think could be a very, you know, a kind of simple form of, of consciousness because you mm -hmm. kind of have to decide where to go, not just yes or no, like not just zero and one or yes or no. Mm. Yes, it, yes. it has to be a directed decision, right? In the right spot. So mm, I, I, you know, I'm a defender more of that there are different forms of consciousness. There's not just, there's a spectrum, basically. Mm. Uh, you know what I thought would be would be really interesting? Because I read that, you know, this communication through mushrooms in the forest that trees and so on kind of also use these networks. Do you... Are you thinking of basically isolating the mushrooms in the lab in various forms, let's say, completely isolated and then maybe uh, grow it with one tree and then various trees? Could you create basically a field, you know, in an outdoor lab and then uh, generate basically a very simple network and then a more complicated and more complicated one to mm. see if that information transfer changes and the complexity of the signals. They're very simple if it's just a mushroom and then more and more complex if you add different types of plants. Mm. Yeah, that's also a very interesting question. In some research, some researcher already made that kind of experiment in lab laboratory connecting to connect to connecting two individuals of plants by mycelium because that my that that species of fungi is making symbiotic connection with plant roots and what we what they found is that some there's some uh signal transfer of water and nutrient signal signal chemicals across plant individuals uh, along mycelium so we also we already know that fungi can connect trees in laboratory level but it is very difficult to to get evidence of this type of connection in in the field because there's many many more pathway not only mycelium but just but that is also possible that some uh, exudates from tree roots 
can absorb by other trees without without mycelium connection. So it's very difficult to detect signal and nutrient transfer in the field. But yeah, but it's it's possible. So so I think mycelium can connect trees and plants in nature also. I just had a really random question. If I didn't want to cut you off though. So uh, I was like super curious, right? Um, <clears throat> like as your research uh, goes on, it'd be cool if you like looked at uh, um, the, see if there's like a difference in the potential for electrical, like um, I guess like stimuli amongst like different like species of uh, fungi um, or, or mushroom, or I just, I just want to say fungi because I'm, I'm saying that just because uh, I kind of would think that there's certain fungi that can uh, invade a host and uh, somehow make its host do things. And I'm super curious on if that could be mediated also by uh, like electrical stimuli, because like I've never even knew that mushrooms could do that. So I'm kind of curious on like whether or not the symbiotic or parasitic nature of some uh, fungi is dependent upon these um, the ability for uh, electrical stimulus. Hmm. Oh. Are you are you talking about the mechanism or electrical mechanism of plant fungal interaction on the root? Plant fungal interaction, uh, fungal um, eukaryotic cell interaction, like just the. I think you mean the parasites, right? They are yeah, a parasite. Parasites and symbi that... uh, um, and uh, fungus and symbiotic relationships. Because it has to have some type of would communicate, right? Is it just purely by chemical, which I can understand that with like plants, but um, in parasitic situations like um like the cordyceps with the uh, the ants, it can make the whole ant move after it's like grown through the body. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, I feel like it's hard to stimulate a muscle to move without an electrical signal. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I'm I'm not sure about the mechanism of zombie and and parasitic fungus affecting plant and animals. But electrical mechanism could be. Yeah, that's interesting. I think zombie, um, I think what you're talking about, the zombie ant, whatever, um, I think those are parasites, not fungi. No, it's a fungus. It's parasitic yeah. fungus. It's fungus, yeah. Ophiocordyceps. Oh, wow. I'm gonna have to like research this. Good question. It's what the um the Last of Us that um TV show, video game, cordyceps. There are a lot of different. There are hundreds or thousands of species of cordyceps. They specialize. It's not just ants, but I'm not sure if there's another species where there's so much control that the ant is brought to a very high point overlooking a potential infection cohort, like just 
they move to the highest point and then they ensure that there are other places to propagate after that. I, you know, moth species, I don't, I don't think they do that. Welcome, Denny's, and I want to welcome Dash to the stage and Eric. Glad to see you. Do you have a question for our guest? Uh, yes, I do. How's it going? Um, thanks for inviting me up to the stage. Uh, I was just reading the uh, the paper that Dr. Yu um, that Dr. Yu published up there on the top. I'm not really familiar with uh, the nomenclature when it comes to fungi. Um, but I am, I have, I do have some level of knowledge when it comes to the brain and how neurons and neural pathways work. And if I'm correct, I believe Dr. Yu, you discovered, um, evidence of intelligence in mushrooms, um, because you're seeing that they can communicate by way of, uh, leveraging, you know, the force of electron. Uh, the elect they're using electricity to basically communicate with one another. So I guess my question would be, uh, is there a certain, like, like how the brain has like, uh, neurons, like as their medium to communicate and transfer information, transmit information through the nervous system. Um, I, I do. I did see what you posted, Katarina, about the calcium. So um, my question is, are these mushrooms utilizing calcium to transmit electrical signals? Uh, Dr. Yes, yes, yes. Not not in my case. We didn't we didn't measure calcium in this mushroom, but my, but our other paper published this year measured calcium visualizing by bioimaging bio of calcium biomarker in different fungus. And they actually using calcium to transfer uh, transfer signals. But the distance of the signal transfer is very short. So in the case of that, that fungus, we concluded that they do not transfer signals across whole body of the mycelium. Not uh, signal, tra signal transfer is is just uh, along very short, short range. But my answer is yes, they are using calcium. And do, do you know, do you know if there's a, a symposium about cognition of the simple, simple organism? That symposium will be held in UCLA at the last of June, this June. Uh, anybody attending that symposium? No, but it sounds cool. Yeah. Many, many, many researchers working on slime moles and fungi and some other simple organisms will be attend will be attending and give a talk. That's so cool. Any idea if there are remote viewing options or Yes, they have online awesome. 
Yes. What is that conference again? Uh, I'm not sure about the name, but it's on the uh, cognition of simple organism like slime molds and fungi and some single cell organisms. That's really interesting because uh, a lot of things we know about cell function comes from very simple organisms like yeast and so on. Mm, and, yes. and even the breakthrough in memory, like how memory works in the cells, uh, was not done in mammals or anything. It was done in more simpler organ, not as simple, but um, aplegia and squids. Like we know a lot about how neurons work and information transfer works from the giant axon in the squid. So we learned a lot from going into research of simple organisms. So I expect that, that um, yeah, I hope and expect that the more we learn about these systems, we also learn more about ourselves and in general about how life works, um, which I think is also a really interesting subject. Do you, do you think that a fungi-like organism is more likely to be found on other planets? Uh, wh what do you think about that? Question for me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, but it's possible, I think. Because we talked about consciousness and, you know, different types of consciousness. I mean, how complex do you think computation can get with mushrooms? I know that, I don't know, I don't know too much about that work, but I read a news article that the researcher wants to use simple organisms to basically create computation like an mm -hmm. organic ship type of computation. Do you know something about that and how complex the computation can get with, let's say, mm -hmm. mushrooms? Because then we can make more assumptions how conscious and how intelligent they can get, um, basically, or maybe are, and we just don't know about it. Yeah, uh, actually, I believe that Organism, single cell organisms, organisms can their ability to calculate and compute, compute by the input of environmental signals. Um, actually, Andrew Adamatsky in the UK is working on fungal computer, developing fungal computer. And also one of my colleagues is working on uh, uh, making computer using single cell or uh, population population of single cell organisms that that is very interesting already published and what what he found was that he can use uh, demography or population change i mean cell number change of that organism to to predict future uh, 
pattern of many things. For example, uh, uh, fish con fish population change. Uh, I mean, he he input the past pattern of fish population change into the into the single cell organisms population by by following the pattern by uh, temperature change of the incubation chamber. And what what he found was that the population population demography can predict the future pattern of that fish population. That's that's amazing and and what and this is because I believe that sim simple single cell organisms organisms can have their own ability for calculation and computation. That is amazing. We should use yeah. that. Maybe it can solve the climate change issues and yeah, yeah, you're how, right. Yeah. How we can change behavior of humans. <laughs> mm. No, I, I mean, yeah, that would be interesting to use that computing uh, power because it's so much cheaper than the silicon chips we use right now. They are very resource intensive and also they use a lot of energy so mm. if they can make these computations very accurately wouldn't you know it would cu cut down a lot of co2 uh, consumption i i believe mm. but i think it's slow calculation calculation is slow compared to uh, electrical computer Can I say something? Yes, please go ahead. We all came from a single cell bacteria billions of years ago. Um, was bacteria smart enough to figure out how to survive and evolve? Absolutely. Do plants talk to each other? Yes, they do. Does fungus talk, fungi, fungus, fungi, fungus talk to each other? Yes, it does. Um, I mean, we all came from some nutrients in a star. Right, the iron in your blood came from some star billions of miles away. So does everything communicate? Absolutely. And I think the research that Dr.'s doing is amazing and I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I'm in a different side of it because you know I'm more on the plant side, not the fungi side. But yeah, I, I believe everything talks. I believe everything communicates. Um, and so uh, I think where we are now, with uh, society and technology is just an incredible space because we're learning so much and i think we're gonna have so many breakthroughs in the next six months year two years five years that it's going to be just absolutely incredible yeah i mean they can survive in space understanding that they you know the international space station environment is a little different than the vacuum of space or the surface of an asteroid it might not be too different than the interior of an asteroid or some other, you know, large mass like that. Um, you know, on the International Space Station, it, there's so much of it that it causes, you know, issues with station operation. <laughs> so they can definitely, I, I don't know if, like, well, we have to get the Mars uh, sample returns first to be able to do that type of analysis, I guess. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I don't know if they can remotely 
see if mushrooms are in Martian soil, but there are plenty of, there's like a dozen plus sample tubes that are ready to return. No, we're just talking about, about like either. secret cell bacteria organisms in general, which is where we came from. Yeah, I have a, uh, I'm sorry, did uh, a question about, um, so a lot of these organisms, what we're talking about maybe is them foraging for food or moving, you know, in a, in a positive direction. I'm curious about, um, like bacteria have evolved myriad ways to defend themselves, uh, surfactant, biosurfactants and all sorts, antibiotics and everything. I wonder, like there's pythiums, phytophthoras, fusariums, all these types of uh, things, trichodermas that might attack uh, some mycelia. So I'm just curious if you any thoughts on on how that might, how some of this might interplay with uh, plant pathogens like that, or or fungal pathogens. Um, question for me. Yes. Um, I'm not sure I could understand all part of your question, but did you ask about com difference of signal transfer across fungal species and ecotypes? Well, I, I guess I guess what I'm sort of getting at is that there's this intelligence that we're talking about and signal transferring, mm -hmm. and you know, you've you've I, in one of your papers you looked at food as a a, a, a bait, a food bait, mm -hmm. and then I wonder if there's similarly like a, the opposite force if there's a, something that wants to eat the fungus or some kind of thing that's detrimental to its its life does it sort of move in the opposite direction away from from some kind of fungal pathogen have you i mean that's sort of i don't know if you've researched that but just any thoughts on that yep as you said trichoderma is parasite parasitizing some other fungi very different ecology compared to our mushroom, which is ectomycorrhizal fungi. And also, as you said, my other research is working on wood decay fungi forming uh, cord network system. So uh, every, every, every fungi have their own ecology, ecological character. And I, I'm expecting that different fungal species and different fungi in different ecology have their own type of signal transfer and chemotaxis, for example. So, yeah, so I, I'd like to compare signal transfer and ecology in many types of mushrooms and fungal species, not only ectomycorrhizal fungi and wood decay fungi, and also Within wood decay fungi, there's many types. Not uh, some species is forming massive network of cord, but other species making not 
that not that big mash big network and and uh, living only in the uh, wood particles small part small in small space so probably their difference in ecology have their difference in signal transfer so yeah as a next step we like to compare signal transfer and electrical activities across fungal species in different ecology yeah thanks thank you yeah that that would be interesting out out here in california there's phytophthora is i think phytophthora. it's phytophthora cinnamona I, I think it is is devastating sudden oak death i think it is is just devastating so much uh trees out here and there's you know there's a wide variety of these different i'm not exactly it's not exactly a fungus it's sort of a pseudo fungus or whatever but mm. it's it's interesting uh how they you know knowing more about it would really help because it's such a devastating disease yeah I, i've heard that they uh invade trees by root but are they making networks in soil i i don't exactly know that i mean i think they form Pythium, I think, forms small. They do form hyphae, mm. but I don't know if they form large mycelial networks. But I maybe they communicate with each other, and you know, how did they sort of move around? Is it just just sort of luck, or is there some kind of intelligence towards them finding the roots and moving around? Mm. They are also making motile motile spores, so their movement is also interesting. Yes. Eric, what was your, what was the thing you called? What is it, you, the question, the thing you called, the fungus? Uh, Phytophthora. It's a sudden oak death. I know, Eric. What's up, Eric? Yeah, um, I wanted to ask if you um, think that um, this electrical communication has also maybe some type of um, immune function in the in the organism itself, or also defense mechanism, like what your hypothesis is around that if in fungi this function is kind of combined in these electrical signals or do you think or do you know that kind of defense mechanisms of fungi are a completely separate mechanism because the in um in animals we now learn more and more that the immune system and the neural system are <clears throat> much more connected than we thought and influence each other function a lot so would be interesting to find out about this in, in the fungi. Yeah, fungi also have their kind of immune system prepare for more attack. And, and this, is, this is not the immune system, but some previous studies show that yeast, yeast cell can prepare for prepare for uh, utilization of new type of sugars based on their past experience. 
So I, I think that fungi can have that kind of preparation for uh, negative attack also, but I'm, I don't know about the research evidence. I'm curious if you've been able to, um, for example, in the baiting study, uh, the well, the electrical basis of that signal, is it um, manipulable in the sense that you can record a, a sequence and then in essence play it back in a, in a novel situation and induce some of these behaviors either in, increase mushroom mass uh, by, you know, by talking to it in essence. Yeah, that's also a very interesting point. And we, we expect that we can manipulate fungal behavior by uh, giving them uh, a pattern of electrical signals. If, if we found some certain electrical patterns after baiting, then we can use that pattern to manipulate fungal behavior for uh, forwarding some direction. That is my uh, hypothesis, but we have not yet have not yet uh, checked that ability in the experiment. We are now planning that kind of experiment. And that's interesting. So even in in the figure two study, like the early the first ones to speak. I mean, if if, if you were to take those recordings and play them back in essence. Mm, yes. and, and still provide water, but in, in a, you know, a, a delayed sequence, would you mm -hmm. get different uh, timed responses, for example? Mm. Yeah, thank you so much. I wanted to check in with you because we went over an hour. <clears throat> I guess you need to also... <laughs> go um, back to your work so um, do you have still a little bit of time or do you need to go it's it's totally fine we are so happy you came here and took the time to talk about your work yeah thank you too for inviting me that it it, it was really fun time to talking with you your this conversation thank yeah you. and um no, it was really, it was so exciting because it's such a different way of intelligence and communications that we don't talk too much about. So, yeah, we really appreciate the time, the time you took to uh, discuss your work with us. And um, the conference you mentioned sounds so interesting. I will uh, try to join remotely. Mm -hmm. um, if you could send me the link, I can distribute it to the audience because a few people asked about it. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we wish you all the best for your future work. We will be following your work. And you. um, yeah, and maybe you'll come back one day um, and, and share updates with us about your work and we can discuss some more. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. And thanks everyone for coming, asking questions and contributing to the discussion. Uh, it was really a pleasure talking with everyone.
and yeah i hope to hear you all again um soon um we'll be talking with uh, dr alfred about um gravitational lensing and how um the Einstein rings are modulated by wave-like dark matter. Um, and then we'll have <coughs> on June 8th um, talking about um, different oxygens, oxygen abundances in different um, gases uh, throughout the universe and how to measure those. So yeah, if you like discussions like this, come back and um, yeah, we'll uh, talk about different scientific topics. So again, thank you so much, Dr. Fukusawa. Uh, it was such an honor and um, I'll close the room in three, two, one. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.